everybody. It's comedian Trent McClellan, and you're listening to my podcast called The Generators. Every single week, I have a cool guest, and we talk about uh, life, professions, creativity, success, failure, and all sorts of other cool stuff. In every single one of these conversations, I learned a great deal, and I'm pretty sure you're going to learn a great deal, too. So uh, hang on tight, and thanks for listening to The Generators. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It is Monday, June 25th, uh, 2018, and you're listening to the Generators Podcast with Trent McClellan. Thanks for doing that. I am uh, sitting here in my house in Calgary, Alberta, while my dog, Odin, just stares at me because he's annoyed that I have not taken him outside yet today. I don't know you, probably. And I don't know if you have a bull terrier of some type in your life, but they are the most, first of all, beautiful, loving dogs, but stubborn. I mean, this, this dog, you know, he's like, like, this is a thing he does now. He used to have breakfast every morning at 6am. I would give him breakfast, you know, he would, uh, around 10 to six each morning. He would, he would wake me up. Licking, sniffing, pushing me with his head, whatever he could think of, whatever method he could use to wake me up out of a dead sleep. And then I would get up and I would get him his breakfast at 6 a.m., which is pretty early, you know, for a guy who doesn't have a day job and I don't have to be up at 6. I'm going to be honest with you. You can write jokes at 10 a.m. You don't need to be up at 6. Okay. I'm not going fishing. I'm writing jokes over here. So anyway, he has me up at 6 a.m. for breakfast. Now, over the last two months, he's decided to uh, to move in an hour. Let's do 5 a.m. breakfast, you know? So this morning, he's at me at about 10 after 4. I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now, dude. Why even go to sleep? Why don't we just stay up all night, and I'll give you your breakfast at uh, 2 a.m.? Why don't we just do that? So I managed to keep him at bay for another 50, 40 minutes, maybe. So quarter to five, he's like, no, I, I need breakfast now. So it's like the, the, the talking thing that Staffordshire Bull Terriers do. I don't know if your dog does that, too, regardless of the breed. Do they do that? They're not barking, but they're trying to talk to you like, hey, okay, let's get my breakfast, man. I don't have hands. And... Um, you know, I'm not allowed to go in the fridge. So if you can get up and get that going, that'd be great. And then, so yeah, so this now I'm up at 5 a.m., sometimes a little earlier, getting breakfast for this guy. And uh, then I stay up. I'm like, well, I'm up now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many comedians who don't have a baby and don't have a day job are up at 5 a.m. each day for no reason. Other than the fact that your dog is relentless and wants his breakfast and wants to go outside and do his business. Isn't that right, buddy? Yes, I'm talking about you now as you wander in from the outside doing as you please. Isn't that correct? Well, if you're listening to this episode of the podcast, uh, you, uh, you're in for a treat. This one is with my longtime friend, comedian, and radio personality, Lori Gibbs. Uh, Lori and I started comedy roughly the same time. I was a little bit ahead of her. Um, and she's become a really, really good friend of mine over the years. And uh, 
I think we all have friends that we put into different categories, you know. You have the friends you, you know, you party with. You may have friends that you watch sports with, uh, friends from work. Uh, you know, different categories that a friend kind of falls into. And uh, you probably have this category as well, which is that friend that you can just have really deep, meaningful conversations with. And that's the category that Lori falls into for me. We've always been able to have these conversations about life and happiness and uh, stand-up comedy, obviously. But it's always been on the next level of uh, of depth, I found. And this uh, podcast definitely is a clear example of that. We go right down the old happiness road in terms of what makes you happy and how we find happiness in life. And Lori's got some really good insight on those things. And we, uh, yeah, we, we go, we go straight into it. So that conversation is coming up uh, next. And I think it's one of the best ones I think that I've had uh, on the podcast so far. I think it's, uh, there's a lot of vulnerability there and we, we kind of talk about uh, our own lives and personal experiences and stuff. So it, uh, I, it's a real deep one, and I think a really, really good one. So um, I think you're going to really enjoy it. But before we get to that, I want to give a massive, massive shout-out to Jason Janes at uh, Juniper Barbecue Scrapers. Sent me a couple of those bad boys, okay? And uh, I've been using it, and I'll tell you, it's amazing. It is amazing. Basically, it's just this wooden barbecue scraper that you use. Uh, it's made out of juniper, uh, out of the tree, you know, out of the wood. And uh, so instead of using these, you know, steel brush barbecue cleaners that people use where, you know, these little metal bristle things can get off and get on the grill. And next thing you know, they're lodged in your throat. Okay, not a good thing. This thing, all natural, just wood. You use it a couple of times. It takes the grooves. It kind of adapts the grooves of the uh, of the grill itself into the wood. Um, you can scrape with it as well. It is awesome. So uh, I would check them out if you can do that because they uh, this is the real deal. Super nice thing, guys. Also uh, from my hometown of Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. So it's always great to support local economy back home. Um, so uh, if you can do that, you should you should do it. You should so do it. I, uh, you know what I should do if I was on the ball here, I would, uh, I would, you know, give a shout out to, uh, maybe he's got a website or something, you know, you can kind of direct some traffic, direct some traffic that way. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's the case or not, but, uh, I'm just going to see if I can find it here. And, uh, as I try and stall, um, go into his Facebook page here. What do we got here? What do we got? Juniper Barbecue Scraper. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. And he does have a website. There you go. Bam. www.juniperbarbecuescraper.com. I could have made that up and it would have been right if I just guessed. But no, because I'm a stickler for detail, I go through the trouble of going through his Facebook profile and finding www.juniperbarbecuescraper.com just to confirm. You're welcome. Anyway, great product. Glad that it's doing well. Seems like it's it's all over the place. I'm seeing it all over social media everywhere. So uh, looks to be a pretty popular thing, and I uh, I understand why. So uh, well done, sir. Fine little product you've made there, and uh, I enjoy using it. It's made uh, grilling grilling just a, an absolute spa day for me. I mean that. Um, all right. Well, let's get into this great conversation with my good friend Lori Gibbs. As I said. 
Uh, lots of great little tips on just trying to find little ways to be a little bit happier in life, which I think a lot of people are struggling with right now, regardless of what your profession is or where you are in life in general. Um, oh, I also watched a really cool Netflix documentary last night called The Minimalist. And it's about these two guys who decide to live a minimal lifestyle where they kind of get rid of most of their worldly possessions and just live with, um, you know, kind of without all the trappings of everyday life and chasing that thing that you think you have to have, the shiny new car, the big fancy house, all those things. The documentary was really, really cool with some really good data just on how we've changed as a society and how we're always chasing these things that we think are going to make us happier. But at the end of the day, chasing those things does not make us happier. And even once we get that thing we think we desperately need and want, it doesn't actually make us happier either. So really cool uh, documentary. Yeah, I think it's called The Minimalist on Netflix. Check it out. Um, it's a real good uh, talking point, I think, once you watch it. If you watch it with someone else, I think it'll it'll spark some great conversations. But you're about to listen to a great conversation right now, and uh, I hope you like it. It's going to be uh, taking down the old deep road here. So uh, enjoy this, uh, my chat with, uh, with Lori Gibbs. This now we're now live. we're talking over each other. That's no, I get it. That's a talk great radio about thing isn't with it? you. I was. I was. Recently, you should also say she would. Was also saw a movie summertime. last night and what did you see? I none of your business. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's pretty. I'll good. I'll tell you what I saw. Mm. Uh, Hereditary. Didn't so I? did I. I'm just kidding. That was what I saw last. night. Did you really night. see it? I have Scary Movie Club with three other middle aged women. Good idea. Yeah, Kim, Kim, and Sasha. Yeah. We saw it. First of all, two hours and seven minutes. It was long. Get out of your face. Yeah. It's... Uh, there were too many scenes where there was a lot of intense staring to the point where <laughs> these actors are exhausted. Just edit it. Come on. Yeah. It looked, it, at the, there were some scenes where you're like, are we just in a uh, doctor's office waiting room where it's just like you're making yes. eye contact with people just staring at nothing? But I did... I heard Tom Power from Q on CBC the other day talk about it, and he, he described it as the scariest movie of he's ever seen. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd put it in that category, but there was a real sense of overall heavy dread throughout the whole thing. Like, I yeah. never thought at any point, like, oh, this they're going to get out of this. It was just, I always felt, oh, it's just impending, oh, you guys are so Like, screwed. there's no way out. It's yeah. only going to get worse. I thought they did a really good job of making your brain feel really screwed up. Like because they they were confusing lines that didn't make sense to them or you, and you'd have to wait to figure it out, or it could be that I have a prescription for cannabis oil and I had some before the movie. <laughs> I'm thinking it enhanced. I mean, it may have had played a role. I can't say it did. Did it? Didn't you feel like it was? It was like weird. They said weird things. Like remember when the guy? <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> alert. spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! If you alert. haven't seen it, okay. So so the the main character she finds. A headless body up in the attic. And then later, she's like, you have to go see it. You have to go see it. <laughs> At one point, he goes, she's like, what? There could be something else besides your mother's headless corpse? And we laughed. It was hilarious. But it was just us laughing. And it was funny. Oh, my God. They had to have laughed during that. Oh, it was brilliant. I, yeah, that part was hilarious, I remember. Because he's, like, he's like, oh, really? Oh, I'm you... sick of your face on your face. <laughs> that was a line in that the movie. 
It's beautiful. Horror movies are good for that too because you, they do create so much tension that sometimes that levity of letting the arrow to the balloon with someone with their clever line. But then at one point I was like, but was he trying to be funny or was that just like, no, that's how we wrote it? Because I was like, because as a comic, I'm like, that's pretty damn funny. It's funny. I that's think that's hilarious. why I was laughing when no one else was because I felt that whole pressure, the balloon, and then yeah. bam. And I'm like, oh, nobody else knew there was a balloon. Oh, uh, yeah. They're like, like, oh, what's she laughing at? Someone looks around. What's that so funny? It's a horror I don't movie. I know how a Horrible. dead mother without a head is funny to you. Um, what time did you get up this morning? My alarm from Monday to Friday, Trevor, goes off at 3.23. 3.23. I'm assuming... You worked with that number quite a bit. Did you at first or did you, how did you get to 23? I wish I could tell you. I think I started at three and mind you, there's three other ones after that. 330, 335, 340. Okay. There's something about 323 that just works. And it's weird because my co-host Mookie gets up at 318. We can't explain it. So I I, I don't know. It It just just works for you. It just works. Are you a snooze? Like you hit snooze button? If my husband isn't in the bed. Because he might be down at our cabin. He got surprise retired in February. Surprise retired, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so Who he doesn't work, want that? Working at a big oil company. And the, the axe had fallen like seven or eight times. And every time we'd go through this, oh, what are we going to do if... And by the time the axe was it's just like, okay, well, it's going to hit us eventually. Right. So it hit us. He texted me. I'm like, oh, my God. And the first thing I did was I went to the co-op bakery and picked out a cake and said, can you put happy surprise retirement on this? So then I brought it home, and then the family sees it, and they're thinking, so getting fired's awesome. You get cake. <laughs> I reframed. You're like, what am I teaching my children? Oh, I'm no. always thinking that. I really am. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Sure. Every, you lost your job. That sucks. Yeah. But by the way, he's 63 and a half. He's just about retired. Mom, I got retired from school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you got oh, kicked out? Rice yeah. Krispie Squares. Oh, nice. Let's get a cake. Let's get a Dairy Queen. Happy surprise dropout. Everything's roses. Uh, Surprise graduation. Uh, Not quite. You didn't quite graduate. uh, GED. Not quite. Yeah. So you, so, okay. So he's at the cabin. So he's in the cabin and I got the bed to myself. I'll do the snoozer. Right. But out of respect for his sleep, uh, if he's there, I'm bounced right out of there. Right. You don't want multiple. Yeah. Even try to shower the night before, pick out a little ensemble. Leave it downstairs. Good idea. I'm a good wife. Good idea. No, that's courteous. Mm-hmm. I I did a week at uh, a remotes for breakfast television a bunch of years back, yeah. and I remember the alarm going off at some ungodly hour for the full week, and then uh, that like trying to turn on energy at that time, I was like, oh wow, this takes a while to get going for me. Like oh, I, yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm trying and I'm trying to be in the moment, but it took me. I realized like. Like Jill Bellin at the time was there, yep. and she was like, "Just hey, good morning." And I was like, "How do you? Are weird? you kidding me? Have you been drinking coffee since two a.m.? Like I didn't." So that's a real skill to be able to flick that on at that hour. I don't even know. If, well, I mean, it, I'm sure it's a skill for some people, but if my mom was sitting here, and she should be, by the way, she's a little. Is she in the room? Stop. Is she in the building? She. Well, she's alive, so I'm thinking we would see her. <sighs> If she was not alive, I know she'd be here. I'm horrible at this for game. sure. It's all right. Mm-hmm. She likes you. Mm-hmm. She said that when I was born, I like I like popped out cheerful, and okay. that has stuck with me. So she said even when you were like a toddler, baby, you wouldn't wake up from a nap and start crying. She'd just come in, and I'd just be chilling out, grinning. Good. I'm all good. Making jokes. Stuff's great here. Doing a five-minute set. Doing traffic. <laughs> Doing traffic. Uh, 
A little chilly at minus two right now. Uh, it's going to warm up a little later on this afternoon. That's I am good night, moon. She okay. is uh, just born. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but it did take me a little while, and I was like, this is a different Oh, so we're talking gear. about you again? Yeah, I like to make it about me. Oh, okay, cool. What I do basically is have a guest on the podcast, and then I just try and talk about myself the entire time. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That way I do. I don't have to ask questions. That's what I. That's what attracted it to me. Uh, I like. It's one of the best things. One of the hardest times I've ever laughed in my life. A friend of mine asked how another friend was doing, and uh, he goes, "How's so and so doing?" And he goes, "Oh, you know, same old, same old. What can I do for me today?" Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, nicely put." Yeah. yeah. How can I make this about me? How can we reflect? what i want to talk about and make it about me and my needs i love going to a psychologist now and then yeah yeah because like they're getting paid yeah like you can pop in with your quote solutions now and then but for the most part i'm headlining this session just me talking oh we'll get to you in a second you can do a guest spot oh look hey what do you do for a living sir i'm your psychologist you just start spritzing. Oh, okay, and how do you feel about This guy that? hasn't smiled once. What's your problem, pal? I'm just I, riffing. I'm your therapist? Uh, ooh, he's a therapist, everybody. Just two of you in the room. <laughs> You're looking around yeah. at potted uh, plants. Look at this guy, huh? Ooh, someone needs a drink. Uh, anyway, I got a cat, everybody. And oh, you just started say more act. about that. That'd be good to do. That's a social worker line. My best friends end up being social workers. I don't know why. I'm just attracted to them because of my deep-seated issues, I guess. There you go. You and one of their sense. lines is, if you say, like, just say, just say anything. Well, I've been feeling a lot of stress at work lately. Say more about that. I was until you cut me off with this. Ah, about that, right? Like, you'd be say like, more I was about trying to bet. Well, yeah, the other one I think is popular is, and and how did that make you feel? I'm hoping that that's hacky in the therapy world by now, because yeah. if they're still using that, like at their mm-hmm. conferences, I imagine them all like talking about how crazy we all are. And- Sensing your sadness made you very sad. <laughs> well, you you are a professional. If you had to label that emotion you just felt, what would you say? Sad? What do you mean? You still have room on your credit card, right, to pay for this session? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll slip that in. Jesus, all jokes aside, love it's psychology. Good. It's no, good. It's, no, Do you ever go? Yeah, I've I've gone and it was really really beneficial. And I told like a few other people were talking to me about their problems, and I was like, I was helping them in the best way I could. But I was like, you should go talk to someone. Like it's real. <gasps> yes. It is just just to say it out loud, and then they ask if you find a good one. I think it's probably I compare it to uh, uh, finding a good massage therapist, and mm-hmm. probably for for ladies, I would imagine it's like finding the right hairdresser, where you're like this person gets what you need and mm-hmm. so there are it's just like anything else you have to kind of mesh with them a little bit i find it like for me the analogy would be like finding like the best grout salesman yes grout because you've always been into the total yeah gr- you love grout i love grout it's just one of the many things i do and that's uh more grouting. i care more about that than my hair it's like Lori in the back pouting no no she's in the back grouting i miss, yeah. miss her what you're saying mm. but just saying it out loud feels good and it's therapeutic and if they ask the right questions then you do kind of press pause and go like, yeah, why do I feel that? Why do I, f- why is this emotion coming up or whatever? So I think it's a fantastic thing. I think it, it yeah. especially if you leave with tools to kind of. Oh, I love it when stuff. you leave with tools, yep. you know, cause then you can sand the grout and no, I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, what? oh, I love a grout callback. I have a friend who probably it's not going to last because what? she's going through this terrible thing and we live very, very far apart. And 
I've been trying to support her. Like yep. it's, it's mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that I'm pretty good at that. So, you know, with the, the gentle acceptance and the understanding and the we're here to, to prop you up. Um, but, but what can you do where you are? How, how about meds? Yeah, I'm on those. We're going to adjust them. Great. How about some therapy? It's just not for me. Oh, okay. Wait, (laughs) say more about that. Why? (laughs) Tell me more about what? Okay. Why is it not for you? Like, is it because you've tried it and something terrible happened? No, she's never tried it. She's afraid. Right. And so, and I totally get that because you don't know what you're walking into. Yep. But you also have the choice to hold whatever you need to back Mm -hmm. and go at your own pace. If you've got a good therapist, they'll know that. Right. Yep. But to just say flat out, it's not for me. I'm like, oh, look at all these people that it's helped heal. Hmm. I know. I know. And I, th- I always think of it in those situations, whether it's something like that or anything new once proposed to somebody, especially if they're going through a hard time, mm. is the kind of that Dr. Phil adage of like, yeah, well, you've tried it the other way. And how's that working out for you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. what do you got to lose to try this other method? So <clears throat> but I think that's part of being an adult. Like we lock down on this is what I believe. And here's the facts of life that as I know them. And even if you're miserable, you just still live that way as opposed to like trying. Like I started meditating maybe about two years ago uh-huh. and doing a gratitude practice and stuff in the morning. Oh. And it changed changed my whole wiring for the day. Like it was amazing. Something basic maybe. Sometimes it's just 10 minutes. But it's like it changes how I walk into every single day. Like how I approach things. I want to, when you publish this, publish? Yes, publish. When you publish this novelette that we're doing together mm-hmm. i want to play that on a loop over and over because right now on the radio i pitched let's do gratitude for 21 days mm-hmm. because they say 21 days builds a habit Maybe. didn't work for me with some things like physical movement mm, whatever come on didn't That's stick at least 22 days and it's probably not that important so I've never seen it written that it's important. I've never seen any results happen from that. Mm-mm. So, uh, so I, and, and it was great because Billy Joe, my other co-host, my co-hosts have weird names. It's Billy Joe and Mookie. It's fine. Who, who am I? I'm not judging anyone. She admitted to me, because she's my friend, she goes, I really wasn't sure about this whole gratitude thing. Like, what the flip are we going to do about mm. Like, day four, she was like, I think I'm getting this. And, like, this isn't a woo-woo out there a flower child thing. This is like, I was Googling it to prove my point. 26 studies and counting science that says quality of life, level of happiness goes up. And it's so fun to me because I've been doing that for a long time Mm -hmm. since Oprah's early days. And when people first start doing it, they pick the huge things. Yes. Right. Oh, my God. My friends, my family, my wife, my dog. I live in Canada. I have clean water. Right. I'm like, that's great. Tell me something about where you're sitting right now. This yeah. morning, it was a little chilly at 4 o'clock. I got a seat warmer in my car. I had a warm ass by command of a switch. It felt so cozy. Crazy. Those are the things. Like, you, if you start looking for it, you'll see that you're freaking drowning in it. Yeah. Right? Small things. I, yeah, that's a great point. Like, people look for the big, I think, the big monumental things, especially even, I would go even a level higher than that where they go, I got a promotion at work or, you know, Mm -hmm. these big, big, you know, grandiose monumental things. But I think of stuff like you got in your car, you own a car. You own a car. It started. Yes. Because you only hear the opposite. Like, oh, got my car and it wouldn't start this morning. This would only happen to me. It's like, 
Do you know how many times your car has started? <laughs> you and never you didn't give think a, about you it. You didn't give a shit. No. You're just like, well, it's supposed to start. It's like, yeah. yes, but some people don't A, have a car, or B, have a car that doesn't work. I was that guy. I was like, all right, fingers crossed. Here we go. Yes. Like, let's hope it works. Like, those small things, I think you're right. When you wire your mind to look for those things and go, wow, that's pretty cool. That this And that someone can make a car. Like, that. Someone it goes else on and rode on. a horse. Like you can just keep going through the layers of it. You can't, and you should. Yeah. Because if you only mm. concentrate on the big, huge ones, you're going to run out soon. Yes. Because how often can you say, "My friends and my family in Canada and water and yeah, we get it." Yeah. But how about the fact that you have a pod plant right here that's full of life and it's got purple on it? How does that even happen? It's amazing, and I can see it with my eyes that work. My eyes I are can working. See the plant. Do you know what? I was able to have a great poop yesterday. Woo! Some people can't do That's a t-shirt. If you're doing t-shirts, merchandise. we're looking at some merch. All I had the a merch. great poop yesterday. Who is thankful for merchandise? Up top right now. All my fans. <laughs> Keep an eye out at lauragibbs.com for that. Uh... <laughs> .ca, .ca, .ca. I'm just kidding. There's nothing there. It's like, hey, Lori's on the radio. No yeah. gigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need it. Don't need it anymore. Uh, but it's true. You're right. I, I think I, I used to have a gratitude journal, yeah. and I would actually write them out. And now I kind of just, after I meditate, I just take like an extra minute or two and think about three things that I'm grateful for. Another thing that I tried to add a level to it was uh, not even physical things, but more like how I handled something. So if it was oh. like... Man, yesterday, my focus was really, really good. I'm grateful for the fact that I could. I had a bunch of tasks to do, and I managed to kind of focus in and, and log in and be able to complete them. So just sometimes just giving yourself a pat on the back, like that self-love type thing where it's like, hey, you're doing all right, man. You know, you you're working hard. You, know? you were saying all the things that make my, my soul all sparkly, the self-love, the self-care, all yeah. that stuff. Especially but, comics. Like, we are not – and we were joking before we started recording, but, like, you know, comics quite often get very uh, self-conscious about selling merchandise after a show. Like, it feels dirty or something. Yeah. Like, oh, God, this is, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Please don't buy it. I'm not worthy of yes. your money. I'm a comedian. You've I, already I, sat through all my crap for an hour. Exactly. I know this, you liked it. And now this. Yeah. But it's like, that. I think that all comes from self-loathing at some point. Like, mm-hmm. you're not worthy of having these things. And so I, it's like, yes, yeah, starting with that. And I think once you start with that, it's a little easier to look at the world as well and give other people a break. Like it's like, well, you're not perfect and you're trying your best, and so maybe that other person who just caught you off in traffic is also trying their best and they just oh. didn't see you. Like just that pause to just before you freak out to just pause and go give someone else the benefit of the doubt. Like that's yeah. that's hard to do in the moment when it someone is, when someone annoys you. Can I? I got to tell you, one of the best moments that's happened this year to me is when my son Josh. We're driving down to the cabin. He's got his learners, and, I, and I've just been up since 3.23 doing the show. Mm-hmm. So we get, like, halfway to Okotoks, and I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. I think when you're the adult with the person with the learners, they prefer if you're awake. I'm yeah, not sure. That's... And I try really hard. Anyway, we're on the highway. He comes up behind someone that's doing 80 in 100, right? And I'm like, well, let's see what happens. And he goes, oh, wow. This person's going really slow. I'm like, yep. He goes, well, and this is like almost to himself, like it's a self-dialogue. He goes, well, you know, it could be a new driver. Uh, It could be an older person. And, you know, maybe they're just having a bad day. And my heart flew out of my chest, hit the windshield, grew eight sizes, mushed itself back in. And I was like, 
I role modeled that and it got through. Nice. Oh my gosh. Cause every time someone cuts me off, I'm like pregnant lady on her way to the hospital. Never know. Immediately. I say that. Yeah. It's so true. And I've always thought it was hilarious. Like when someone does it to you and cuts you off, like quite often the, the reaction is the knee jerk reaction is just like, how do people get their license? What the hell? And you lose your mind. When you accidentally cut someone off, you want nothing but forgiveness. It's like you, you see someone else losing it at you, and you're like, buddy, relax. I didn't see. You want nothing but compassion, right? But when it's the other way around, it's like, for the love of God, you just can't believe you've been hard done by in this moment. I know. When you so it always depends. It. Yeah, it always depends on what side of that you're on. I yeah, find. yeah, exactly. So it's just such a nicer way to go through the world and hey hey how about this i'm grateful that i have brakes in this car that started this morning so i didn't hit that guy it can you can stop whenever you want yeah you i can. know it's true though you're right it's endless once you train your mind to do it yeah it's like and i found the other thing about it um is that it's energizing it's like the other the opposite of that yeah. is de-energizing like when you think about what you don't have oh. and how hard done by you are it's like you don't have any get up and go at all. But when you feel the other way that things are pretty damn good and I'm pretty fortunate and look at all that I have, there's energy in that. Like there's good energy in it. It's the difference between the sense of lack and the sense of abundance, right? Yep. So if it's what you believe, it is truly what your brain believes. So we all know the, the bitter old comic who there's never enough gigs. And if someone else gets a gig, even though that guy wasn't there that night, that's a gig that he didn't get, and there's a specific amount. Yeah. It is finite, yeah. and that he just took he just took food right off my table. Mm -hmm. Can you right? believe that? Can there you believe are that? people who think that way. I know, and I think if you look at that situation in that way, then I'm sure you wear the same glasses for the rest of your life. Like yeah. you look at everything you don't have. That person took something from me, and I think I think I read that somewhere that the difference between people who were happy and felt like complete and those who didn't was the people who were having complete just felt they felt that life was good. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like it was literally not based on economics or with the nope. city they lived in. It was like they believe they are and you believe you're not. That's mm -hmm. the only difference. That's it. And you it's know? it's so simple, but so many people don't do it. I know. Or they're stuck in that. I feel sad for them. Well, I do too because I, I have people, I'm sure you do, I have people in my life and I think if you could just try it for a week, just try to find three things every single day to be grateful for and just give it a go, I think you would see your life change. Now, nothing physically has changed in your life. You live in the same place, you have the same financial situation, mm -hmm. but you've just, you're wearing a different pair of glasses. You're, yeah. you're, and that's what I believe. I think every morning you get up, you have a choice between two pairs of glasses. One sees all you have and the other sees all you don't have. And the goal is to always wear the pair that sees all you have. Now, we're all human. We're all going to go from time to time like, oh God, that one stung or that hurt or I wish whatever. Yes. But the goal is to quickly put that other pair of glasses back on. Again. I, yeah. I, I had the shit glasses on for a second. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. Like when you try not to have the shit glasses on, you do notice when you put them on so <laughs> right around the time that they people were announcing on facebook like oh i got it in the winnipeg comedy festival yeah. immediately the shit glasses flew onto my face and i'm like oh damn it i did you know i didn't get that and then i fl i flung them off and went you didn't apply for it this year, <laughs> you bonehead. You were upset for a second at something you didn't ask for. Right. What yeah. is wrong with you? Oh, man, look at this. Something else I didn't get. I know. 
You believe that pizza didn't show up? Sir, you didn't order a pizza. What? Yeah, that's not the point. Yeah, this always Someone happens Someone else got to me. pizza. Yeah, who got my pizza, uh, the by the way? The guy who called it in order? Who was that? Yeah, who was the guy who stole the pizza that was supposed to go to my place that I didn't order? That's true. It's I hate hilarious. that guy. Yeah, that guy. You know, this I'm going to cut him off at the knees. Oh, that guy's getting it. If I see him outside. Well, that's true. Like, and that's, that's the way how we you live. walk through life. It's oh, ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> or you don't talk to other people in the world. Oh. Like, aren't we just all in the big old same ship? Well, one of the this is interesting. This is a really good road to go down because, you know, you look at the political climate of the world right now and things are so polarizing. And one of the things that I read was that we all need to start spending more time with people who don't necessarily believe the same things we believe. Yeah. But we tend to, to, because life is easier if you just surround yourself in a kind of an echo chamber with people who believe the same thing and have the same values. The real work is in how do you spend time and come to some middle ground with someone who, yeah, I don't look at it that way and here's why. And you hold hard and fast to your beliefs. They're holding hard and fast to their beliefs. And, when, and the problem is when you have a conversation with those people quite often, when you come upon that part that you don't agree on, you're trying to convince them to join your side and they're trying to convince you to join their side mm -hmm. as opposed to as a therapist would say tell me more about that like you as opposed to going in trying to learn about yeah. the other side you're going in going no 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 you're wrong and here's why you're wrong and you have to be on this side exactly and i think there's way too much of that right now like i'm trying to be conscious of that myself like if i don't agree with something right away it's like okay that's the first reaction but can i learn something here like, perfect you know what i mean yeah i do and what's sad is that um so much of it happens online and there's so little good results from online discourse because people it's too easy to be a dick and mm -hmm. just say you're I don't I don't agree with you and troll them do whatever right if you find this is what I'm finding I really value this in people more and more is people who are reasonable because that shows me that you're not scared right okay you're I can talk about what I believe vulnerable right that's what connects us that's what the whole point of this is yep. in my head anyway that's why we're here what else are we doing what what are we going to costco is that the point of being on the earth right i don't think so look how awesome my life is and i'm better than you it's like no i don't think that was the I goal i don't think so no. i think maybe we could like play and hang out and have have a wonderful human experience together uh so when i do i i remember having a discourse about it was um a few years ago there was a trend on facebook and I know a lot of people poo-poo this. They said, if you experienced abuse as a child, make your profile picture your favorite cartoon character to show people that you care or that you've experienced it or that you're aware. And there were people saying, oh, this is ridiculous. If you really want to help, you should do this or that or the other. And I had a reasonable discussion with someone. And I said, I actually get what you're saying. Like, for someone that may have suffered through something like that, this seems really trivial mm -hmm. and, and ridiculous, and how could that possibly help? I can't help but think of a kid who's on Facebook who sees that and just maybe goes, it's not just me. I'm not alone here. People get this, and strangers are getting behind it. Maybe I can find a little strength in that. Mm -hmm. maybe, and even, even if there's a chance of that, 
why wouldn't I change the goddamn picture? It takes three seconds. Right. You know what I mean? And somebody, it was Nikki Payne. She popped into the conversation. She goes, I just got to say, this conversation has been amazing. You're both <laughs> listening great. to each other. Yeah, yeah. And we're learning stuff. No one corrected someone's spelling. No. <laughs> it's there. T-H-E-R-E. I-T apostrophe. It's like, oh my God. Lefty. No, and it was just like, oh yeah, I totally see your point too. And you see mine. And guess what? We were on the same page the whole time. Exactly. We just it just looked different. Like it, it, that's the other thing too. What I liked about how you started that was you acknowledged their point. You didn't call them an idiot. You didn't go, "You're a dummy for thinking that." It's like I get your point. I think automatically that drops the contentiousness by like fifty percent. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, this person's giving me the benefit of the doubt, and they're respecting my opinion to start. Yeah. Like that's where we all need to start. And I mean. I've done it well sometimes, and I've not done it well sometimes. I mean, I'll be the first to admit I'm, you know, that that we've I've learned from mistakes. But it's like I can't see you having ever been an online troll, though. No, I've never been an online troll, but I engaged in something one time on Facebook, and I never do. Yeah, I want to know what this someone is. Someone that I knew was really hurt by what was going on, and I stepped in, mm -hmm. and I it just disintegrated, and I went, "Oh wow, this was not." But my intentions were pure, and I was like, "I just want to have a conversation here." But I was just people piled on, and it, it went sideways. But I'm like. I feel like that's – and it's something that I'm trying to be more conscious of too is like, okay, I don't agree with that person and I strongly don't agree with that person. But you're right. If we scrape through all the layers of it and boil it down, we're all going to want the same thing. Everybody wants to feel respected and loved mm. and encouraged and listened to. So we all want that. I don't care where you come from. So we can meet there to start. I think that's And a then great maybe place. they see a little bit of you, your side, and they go, oh, I, that's knowledge I didn't have. And I go – I didn't realize that that was a thing. And, oh, wow, you know what I mean? But that's where it is. There's some great book uh, right now by Brene Brown called Surviving the Wilderness. Have you read this? Brene. I haven't read it yet, but I love her. You should leave with it today. Like I it, will steal it from your house. It, I think, honestly, and I don't, I'm not joking, I honestly feel this is a handbook for 2018 for people for navigating the world right now. Can like, you say the title again? It's uh, Surviving the Wilderness. So the basic concept of it is how do you remain authentic to yourself – and being true to yourself while still being part of a community and whatever that looks like to mm -hmm. you. So that means you have your values and sometimes you have to stand in the wilderness, which means I got to kind of stand on my own because mm. I don't really agree with what the pack is doing right now, but I still want to feel connected to that community. How do you balance those two things? Mm. Um, and one of the examples she gives, uh, she says, you know, we got to a point of this culture where we're polarized and we believe what we believe and this person's wrong and whatever. And she's like, if you believe that dehumanization is wrong, so if you believe, for example, the example I think is um, hanging an effigy of Barack Obama, for example, back when he was a president. Mm -hmm. If you believe that's wrong, you must also believe that someone, someone calling Trump a blah, 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 pig animal is also wrong. Mm -hmm. You don't get to pick and choose mm -hmm. when dehumanization is wrong and when it's okay because you yeah. agree with this person's politics and not this. And I, every page, I swear, Lori, every page I would stop and go, Oh my God, I've done that. Yes, oh I was God. just thinking it as you were saying it. I'm like, oh, I've said things. So it took me Trump. a while to read. I went right I to like, that level. Yeah, I was like, I just kept plugging my own life in, going, oh God. I, oh, <laughs> I thought I had grown so much and I'm a so baby. Much, exactly. I was like, I have so much to learn. Uh, but the book is, I'm telling you, every page is like that where you go, wow, like she, she's a social, um, 
um, social researcher and stuff out of the University of Texas. And yes. so it's all about shame and vulnerability and all these things. It is honestly, I believe everyone should read this book and you will look at your own life and go, wow, I can be better. Like, yeah, I can seriously yeah. be better. And if you're if you're not ready for like a whole meal of a book, you can get a snack by watching her TED talk on vulnerability, which she had no idea would go viral. Crazy. No idea. So but good. doesn't that speak to what humans really need? Yes. Yeah. Exactly it. And that's what I feel like. I think it's the beautiful thing about comedy right now, too, is that, you know, you put all these strangers in a room together. Uh, you or I go up on stage. We say something. Everyone laughs. Everyone is together in that moment. Everyone gets what you just said and the, the, the setup that you put together and the frame and the wording. People who don't know each other, different religions, different sexuality, different gender. Like, everyone in that moment is laughing at the same time. I'm like, I don't know if there's anything pure in the world right now. But I'm a full room of strangers laughing at the same time. The way you said that, like, I honestly have a lump in my throat because it's freaking beautiful. It's amazing. Right? And I'm still amazed by it now, and I think even more so now because of social media. And uh, just think about the fact that a bunch of people go into a room, put their phones away, be quiet, sit down, face the front, <laughs> and listen to a stranger talk for an hour, yeah. get what they're saying, everyone laughs, and then they give you money at the end. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's real key, Lori. The money at the end. You should look into that part. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, I, yes. I honestly do. I have moments where I'm sitting going like, this it, is insane to have as a job. That this actually is a thing. It's nuts. Gratitude again. It's like, yeah. this is a job in the world that yeah. I get to do. Yeah, what the hell would you be doing I don't if know. you couldn't be doing that? I don't know. I'm like, it's, You'd be like busking comedy on the street with a I guitar would. case. To people who are walking by, not listening on their cell phone. The yeah, very opposite of what Which is exactly I, like a lot of gigs we've been to, <laughs> right? So I'm used to this. It's Ex fine. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> D no, don't feel like you're being rude. Very used to it. No, was that the middle finger? Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank you. That's the twelfth that. one I've got in the last fifteen minutes. Uh, so that was the other option. So I'm still, I'm still amazed and and really encouraged by that when people go, "Oh, the world is shit and the world is whatever." And I go, "Yes, I understand that pair of glasses and you can put those on." But I also go, go to a comedy club some night, sit down and and share a ton of laughs with a bunch of strangers in the room. It's like, are you amazed too? Like, like I no, like I no, you've been amazed no. since two thousand and seven, I believe it That's was. Right? right, That's the last time you were amazed. Mm -hmm. I remember you put that on your mm -hmm. social media. Yeah. Um, but I'll will finish a show and someone will come up afterwards and go, man, and they're like forty five or forty seven. They're like, that was my first live comedy show. Oh well, what? And I'm like, oh no, that that can't happen what anymore. Are you? Are you you got to be coming to these things. We, I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm like, there's amazing oh, yeah. comedy going through. Go those. to any of it. Like, yeah. I mean, just get out and experience it because there's a, there's endorphins released. There's a thing that your body changes. You feel different when you really get it. Like it's, it is to me like one of the most, and not because I do it, but I just feel like it's, if you have not been to a comedy show, go. Just go and experience it. I think you're the kind of self-aware guy that even if you weren't the one on the stage, you would sit there and go and say the same things like this is really wild that I'm sitting here and I paid money to see some guy or yeah. girl. I don't even know what they're going to say. And I'm so into it and I feel good. Yeah. I think you'd notice that either way. I remember my first comedy show and I remember that feeling. It was like Shama Jundar, um and some other acts was in Newfoundland that just a show that was coming through. And I remember sitting in that audience, laughing my head off with all my buddies, looking around, seeing everyone else laugh their heads off. And I'm like, this is the best thing in the world. And that was 
before I even remotely thought about being a stand-up, it was just mm-hmm. like I went purely as a fan, and I went. And you know when you leave, uh, when you were a kid and you left like a really good action movie and you thought you were that character now? You're yes. like, I am Rocky or whatever it was. You could feel the cape billowing out behind you. That's the way I was when I left comedy show. I was like, we're just, this is, this is awesome. Like, let's all be funny now. Like, it was just <laughs> totally And I'm sure you were. Yeah, dreadalized. Like, like, I'm sure if you what? looked back at that humor now, you'd be like, I was terrible. That was but at the time, you I were believed. killing it just like Sean just did. Exactly. I believed I was good. <laughs> And I was just energized by Thank it God all, we so. have that. Otherwise, oh. we would never keep going. No. You need that little carrot dangling along the way. Just, need, just, like, a, a, just like a smidge of delusion. Just a smidge of delusion. Like, I remember doing my first gig, which was at a ladies' healing retreat. And they loved me. They were church ladies. They have to. Otherwise, God will punish them, right? That's right. They, they had to be nice to me. You. Yes. So it was a great first setup for a first gig. And I... I talked to them for an hour, which sound, like I would never say I did an hour of material because I don't think any of that was material. Right. But I was just I was talking. I was talking. I'm up there. Words were coming out. Laughs hey, were coming out of them. It's a thing. It was great. So then I go to Yuck Yucks and I and I walk in and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I'd like to do your amateur night. I'm, okay. Well, this is how you sign up. Okay. Okay. And, and how much time do I need to do? You you got three minutes for your first time. Oh. Actually, I can do an hour, so pretty ready. So, if you could, uh, like, that's not, you know what I mean. You know, and I you, also brought my merch. Yeah, so. I got my merch, <laughs> and uh, there's a truck backing up. And I remember, say, three minutes. What could I possibly do in three minutes? And then getting there and getting like almost no laughs after the church ladies had made me lulled into a false sense of HBO is going to call me. Mm-hmm. So yuck yucks! I don't know why you're only giving me three minutes because in a week I'm gonna have movie deals. Yeah, you're so you should probably train. use me as much as you can now before yeah. you can't afford me. Yeah, guys, it's now. <laughs> that was it's really, that was really stuff. Yeah, like I really thought this is gonna happen so fast. Yeah, it's gonna be lightning. It's gonna yeah. be lightning in a bottle. They've yeah. probably never seen anything like this before. Probably and I not. Understand their level of shock and all. Yeah, and uh, but I'm just trying to give you a heads up. Like I'll probably be on a private jet or whatever doing arenas. Yeah, I remember my first time. I thought the same thing. Like. Well, I guess I do one more of these, and I guess just start running out some arenas. Or like I did seven minutes, and I was like, "Well, I guess this is, is that all you got to do? Just go up and share your thoughts, and everyone laughs." Or okay, because okay, I got lots of thoughts. Why do people so, think this is hard? This is, that was it. That was the whole scared thing. Second set ate it so. Why hard. do second sets always do that? Oh, so many people have that experience. It's so true. And I remember thinking to myself, "Well." I'm never going to do stand-up again because the Did bombing you? felt so bad. I was like, oh, I don't ever want to feel that way yes. ever again. Like, Did you actually so think of not doing it again? Oh, definitely. Like I was, I decided I wasn't doing it again. Oh, no. And my girlfriend at the time goes, really? You're just going to quit? Like you had one good set, one bad set, and then you're just going to fold the tent? I was like, you weren't up there. <laughs> you didn't it feel. It a lot. They were all looking at me. Okay, do you know what it's like to bomb in front of people? And she's like, mm-hmm, so that's it for you? Like, this was a thing you yeah, wanted to do? Good try. a dream of yours? And cl- clearly, first obstacle, we're done. <laughs> like, yep. I'm like, all right, don't don't be hitting me with facts like that. I got no retort. <laughs> Not to put too, sure, too fine I a point that. on it. And it's funny because I, I see new comics now go on stage, and I'm nervous for them because I remember that feeling. Yep. 
But also when it goes really well, I always think to myself, interesting now to see what the journey is going to be for this person. Is that going to be just a one-off? You did it, and now you'll never go back? Or do you go have that same feeling of like, I guess we can start getting some jets going and some arenas. Yep. Cause, uh, and then the next set is not, or the third set or whatever it is, when you hit that first roadblock, how you respond to that is really interesting. Like yeah. That, that, that'll tell you if this is something you want to pursue or if it's not something that you think you can take or handle. I still vividly remember bombing for that, for that huge three minutes I had. Imagine if I'd say, I'll do an hour and then just bomb for the full hour. The whole time. Like you would, yeah, you'd been gone for three minutes anyway. You'd yeah. been like, okay, they, I can't help. There were a few giggles and that was my friend Kim. Right. Who just was trying to, she push was it. trying to like get something going in the audience and nothing was catching fire. Like she sounded like a crazy person. Yeah. You're like, fire, like Kim, please. Yeah. Okay. I'm aware of what's happening. Yeah, we, they know you're a plant. Okay, you can stop doing your job now. You're holding my jacket. And I went home and I thought, I have to go back to the drawing board, which, by the way, still has the price tag on it. I just got the drawing I just board. Bought it. I just bought it. It's, it's like an drive. easel. <laughs> I didn't even unfold it. I'm going to rip this piece of paper off because that didn't work. Yeah. And, uh, and I just said, okay, well, I'm going to have to try to get a laugh every 15 seconds. Yeah. You know what? No, I'm going to try to get a laugh every 10 seconds. Right, yeah. Because I figured, you know, if you go every 10, then if you get one every 30 – you're doing okay. You're still doing well. 30 is a long time. I don't think people realize that. Like 30 no. seconds is a long time to go without a laugh. Oh, yeah. Because if you're going to tell a story, by the way, if you get a three-minute set, don't tell a story. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't going to work out. Because you're locked in Ooh. and you can't change now. Nope. <sighs> yeah, it's like the amount of work that goes into it. I mean, of course, none of us knew when we first started. We just thought, oh, I have these ideas and I go up and they laugh or they don't. But then the craftsmanship and the work that goes into like changing stuff in a word or a you know, like your approach to it or the frame for it or all those things. Like, I think you literally need to be in love with that process. Like to have mm -hmm. any joy in it, mm -hmm. you're going to have to go like, no, I actually enjoyed taking that joke apart and going, okay, well, why didn't it work? I believe in the premise, but it didn't work in some way. And I, I was lucky because I did enjoy that right from the get-go. I enjoyed going, hmm, that didn't work. Like after you got, once you took the emotion out of, it not going well, yep. you know what I mean? Where yep. you're like, okay, that's the performance part is done. Now sitting in your quiet moment going, okay, I really still believe in that, but let's take this apart and figure out why yeah. it didn't Objectively. Hit. It's yeah. like taking taking that car apart. Yeah. And but going, I, but okay. I always say to young comics, it's like when you buy a car for the first time, if you've never been around cars, when that car doesn't start one day, you have no idea why that car won't start. Mm -mm. But once you get a bunch of reps on stage over time, you start to go, okay, um, they didn't understand the premise, or I put that joke after this other joke, and it didn't really segue well. Like you start, there's things to check. You know what I mean? There's you gauges become, to check, and you can kind of do an yeah. analytics of, oh, Did okay. we check the spark plugs on that one? Exactly. I'm not sure we did. Exactly, yeah. Okay, wait. You know what? This might need jumper cables. This yeah. is bad. You know what this is? That's an alternator thing. That's an alternator <laughs> oh, thing, and know what it is. Wait yeah. a minute. That was Grand Prairie. You're fine. Your That's car's right. fine. Good. Yeah. It was location. <laughs> You're right. Sometimes it's the road. <laughs> You know what? That road was a lot of rumble strips, a lot of potholes. Well, that's what that's, I'm saying. You know what? She runs good on good pavement, but but it's so cool when like you learn that because when you first start, you every time you tell a new joke on stage, you have no idea what's going to happen, and it's like it's like bungee jumping. You're like, I don't know, I don't know who measured the cord. Yeah, I have no idea. I didn't put the backpack on. I, I no didn't do that because no. I just I just think this is fun. Yeah, uh, and then you hit your head. And you go, okay, well, I better do that again. And then you start to learn those little things. And I didn't realize how many of the things I learned until um, somebody would ask me, could you listen to my set? Somebody right. was new once I had some experience. And I actually realized I had stuff to share. 
I was like, oh, so when you do this, like the funniest word in this bit is banana. Mm. End on banana. Don't say banana and then ba duh ba duh ba duh ba duh. Peter out at the end. Because yeah. then you've like, you've like uh, what's the word I want? Uh, diluted the banana. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants that. No one wants the banana. Mm-mm. No, you're right. It's And that's the real science part of it. But I think you have to enjoy that fun. It was funny. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they started talking about like why we do what we do, like whether that's a hobby or, a, or for a living. And it's like that pureness of really doing it because you love it. And the motives aren't ulterior in terms of like I want to be famous or I want to I want to like uh, party all the time or whatever it goes because you will never push through the hard stuff and do the actual work work because the goal is always this other stuff. So you'll find ways to just skip around all that and get to the party part and the whatever. Yep. And I'm like, man, comedy is maybe the clearest example of that. Like where people go, yeah, it's about the girls, right, and partying and stuff. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, you're sure. going to skip the comedy part, I think, or you're just going to go through the motions and just get to the, you're hey, the get, show's over. Where are we all going? That's you know? right. You're like, going to get your 30 minutes. Yeah. You're going to be a professional middle, and you're going to go on the road, and you're going to have sex with wait staff. Exactly. And maybe that's what you got in it for. And maybe that's, if that's your goal and you reached it, congratulations. Yeah. But I think it's then interesting to turn around then and, you know, bitch about the industry or bitch about whatever. No. Like, that's the thing, too, like getting back to what we talked about earlier. I think you and I were similar in a lot of ways where when we first got in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of my, I think one of my greatest skills is not even comedically or any of those things. I think my ability to observe other people and their mistakes and their life choices and then go, okay, what can I learn from that? Yep. And I, Cause I wanted to go, I want to come out of this alive. Mm-hmm. Like I want to, okay. I love stand up, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be the bitter dude. I don't want to be the guy who ends up, you know what I mean? Like I just saw some of the roads and very talented people who I thought, my God, that that person could have anything they wanted, but it was like, they kind of got in their own way and, and they wouldn't get out of their own way. And I was like, okay, well, what can I learn from that for myself? And how do I end up being happy with it? Like, it's one thing to have success, like career success. Yeah. How do I, at the end of the day go, man, I feel happy and content and that I'm doing something that I love and that, you know what I mean? Like that bigger stuff. I think I got that early and I think you got that early. I think so too. I think that we're similar in a lot of ways, mostly that uh, we're both black. That's true. People don't know that about you. They don't, you know, no matter what I tell them. I want that out there more. I think this podcast will help. It will. Yeah. All black podcasts. I'm going to rename it. You know what they call black people in Newfoundland? Lori. You know what they call them in Calgary? Lori. Yeah. Switch it up. You You get it. Just plug and play. I remember watching you. When I was in my stalking amateur night phase before mm. I tried it. We all had that. Yeah. yeah and like, you go and you're like, I'm funnier person. than all these people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Funnier than that. I could probably do that. But then, for, but then at least I had the smarts to say to myself, yeah, but he or she is actually up there doing it. Right. Dumbass. Yeah. What are you doing? While you sit in the darkness and judge. Yeah. I'm so, <laughs> so safe here with my vodka and I never have to come back here or tell anyone that I was thinking about it. So I watched you and it was sort it was like you and Chris Gordon were doing things and Don Wood was there and there, you guys were doing weird things together. And I remember seeing you and going, whoa, he is so hot, which I'm, I think I probably told you that. I think you yelled it out that night. From I probably society. did. Wow, he is so As hot. security was dragging me out. Yeah. They but were, I think uh, you meant temperature what? because it was really warm. In the That's all, exactly I what I meant, because you're not a handsome stage. man no, at exactly. all. No. So, You've always been honest about that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, about your there. facial deformities. Yes. And no, so I thought you were super hot. So I got this picture. 
I hadn't tried comedy yet, but I, I found you after the show and I got this picture where I've got my arms around you and there's a look in my eye that says, I want him to be a snack for me right now. <laughs> and you're just like, hi, I'm Trent, happy comedian guy. I'm handsome and from Newfoundland. And, and I remember, like, I look at that now and it makes me laugh so hard. First of all, because we reenacted we reenacted that photo at your oh. 22 minutes goodbye yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, we did. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then I side by sided them. That's so funny. And I was like, I do not find him attractive at all now. Ah, God, how wrong yeah. was I? Gross. God, it's gross. It's, it's interesting what wisdom does for you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that, that delicious skin and those uh, muscles and the height and the personality. Wish I could take but, that back. That's uh, the worst. Uh, and I was just talking about myself just there. <laughs> oh, man. God. But I did feel that same positive vibe from you. Like, uh, I love people that will play with you immediately. Like, why do we lose how we were when we were six? Because of fear, of course. I know yep. the answer. Yep. When you were six, you saw somebody that was about your size, and you were like, best friends, what are we doing all yeah. day? That whole concept is actually a chunk in my act now. Shut up. About, I don't like to listen to your act. Well, it's, about, <laughs> okay, no, it's about because that very fact of, Kids are vulnerable. Kids are just going to be their, their authentic self, and they'll reach out, and they're not worried about their reputation and how they're perceived, no. and they, they don't have self-consciousness. Adults, we lock into our personality, and we go, okay, well, this is who I am, and I don't want to expose myself. Like I, I often say to people, like when people think about fear, just like the gratitude stuff, like people think about fear on a big level, but I think about fear like the minuscule, like from the minute you wake up in the day, Fear is at your door. Like, I mean, from like going to your closet mm -hmm. and deciding what to wear, mm -hmm. like the dialogue in your head is, I can't wear that. That's too loud for me. <laughs> no, I could never pull that no, off. I could wear those fear. in 10 pounds, but yeah. not right now. Go to the gym, new exercise machine. I, I probably don't know how to work that. And someone will laugh at me if I, yeah, I don't if know, I how, to move know the pen. how to move the thing. Is it, what if the seat falls? Well, I, fear all day, chipping away. <laughs> and it's like Liz Gilbert says, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She has a great book called Big Magic about uh, creativity. Uh -huh. Awesome book. She goes, fear is boring. Fear is like, no, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. Oh, my God, what happens if you do that? And what? Like, fear is the worst in a way because it's like it, it limits you from everything you want to do, and it's always playing it safe, always. So you never try anything new. You never try a new food or a new sauce. It's just like, oh, what if, what if you don't like that? <laughs> Shut up, fear! I'm trying to have a life. You are so boring. Yeah. I am gonna, I'm gonna take that away from today. Fear is boring. It's so boring. It, it limits you from any kind of experience, from leaving your comfort zone. It's always pulling you back. Stay where we are. Stay where you are. Where yeah. are you going? Where you are you know, going? You don't you know what's out there. You got no business going to. You got no business trying sushi, Lori. No. You don't know anything about sushi. Oh, what are you on. gonna do when you go? What are you gonna walk in and order sushi, yeah, Lori? You right? don't know anything about sushi. What are you gonna? You're Where'd probably you gonna go? get seaweed in between your teeth. You're probably I think gonna, it's seaweed. You're probably allergic to it. Probably. You're probably gonna die right there in the restaurant. Yeah, okay? exactly. Did you ever think about that? Do you know what? Lock the doors. Yeah. And yeah. close the blinds. Oh, way to go! We're gonna go over here. We're gonna have the same food we have every single day. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. Okay, and we're gonna be happy about it. Like, and that's kind of that voice all the time. So when people talk about fear of like stand up or skydiving. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Leave that over there for a second. Let's just go back to yeah. the small, minuscule daily fears every day. Taking a different route to work, um, having a different breakfast, having a different coffee than you normally have. Like, people don't look at these as fears. But there is a fear. Going to yeah. your favorite restaurant and not ordering the dish you always order. Try that sometime. Uh, I, I always it. get the Santa Fe chicken salad. Not today, you're not. <laughs> today, you're going to go, I'm trying something Today, different. you're having beets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to eat the napkin. Thank you. 
sir, but you, you can't eat. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm working on fear. Yeah. Conquering. It's boring. Have you yeah. heard? Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. It's true. And I, I've been into this quote lately. Uh, this is a cool part about the radio job that I have is not just being an idiot on the air and having fun every day, but I write this newsletter that goes out to like thousands of listeners. Cool. And the first part is just sort of like what you need to know about the news to talk at the water cooler. You know what you're talking about. Then there's five little sections and one of them is quote. And, and I'm always trying to find quotes that actually – you know, when you read them, you feel the spark in your mm-hmm. head. I, like I, I have this, this standard for the stuff I put in this. Like if it's just, oh, you know, oh, if friends were flowers, I'd pick you. No, no, you don't get in the newsletter. Okay, you don't get in. And I'm looking for, I'm looking for tweets. I'm looking for anything that brings some wisdom to it. And the fear versus the love has been talked about for so many decades like john lennon was talking about it oprah's been talking about it and if you if you let love guide you rather than fear talk about life changing because then you have to analyze well wait a second what what would the loving thing to do be here right because i'm so used to just being guided by my biological fear as a human being on this planet who still in our caveman brains thinks that there's predators out there and that we have to be watching out all the time. So what if I was just loving about it? Like, okay, there's a guy at work. He was supposed to move a monitor in the studio. Senior guy, been there forever. I don't know him at all. I'm asking him on the email, hey, would you mind doing that? Took him a couple of weeks and I was frustrated. And this is a tiny thing. He finally did it. He didn't say anything. We didn't have a conversation. He did it when I wasn't there. And then I said to myself, oh, I should send him. I should shoot him a thank you email. And then I put the shit glasses on for a second. Mm. I don't know why they were there. Yeah. And the shit glasses said, why the hell does he deserve a thank you? He took freaking two weeks to get that done. Right. Yeah. Why should you thank him? What are you going to reinforce that kind of behavior? whoa shit glasses get (laughs) off it's in my eyes and then i went you don't know what's going on with him right now you know what maybe you could maybe he's having a really really tough time maybe head office is down a certain maybe he's getting a divorce maybe he's got prostate cancer i don't know but thank you so much for doing that i really appreciate it it makes a difference every day yeah i went with love yeah went with love that like you said it's the little things again the small things and i I think you're right like if you can divorce yourself from the outcome of it like if you can just do the thing because it's the right loving kind thing to do now whether or not that person appreciates that or that person sees it as that you know Mm -hmm. you came you made a choice in the moment and you're like i'm gonna come from this angle Mm -hmm. you win like you you know what i mean like you don't it's not about that's the other thing too about like trying to be kind or loving Quite often we do it with the intention that, well, when I do that, that person's going to respond this way. Like we're all yeah. we're all directors you, in our heads. You better like, let go of that fast. Exactly. <laughs> and so you go in with this sense of entitlement and expectation. It's like, mm. who told you that that person was going to go, oh, you're so welcome, Lori, and Ooh. here's another thing. And that, it's like, no, 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 you're just doing it because it's the right thing to do, yeah. and you're leaving it there. And beyond that, if anything comes of it, that's going to be the bonus for you. Yeah, you but might not even know yeah. if something good comes of it. I love believing that stuff does, that you've, you, you might have walking around with this bag of seeds of kindness and you're trying to scatter them everywhere and some of them are just landing on concrete right and you're like well you know what i just need a dandelion come up in the concrete i'm not losing hope on that person exactly it's worth the effort but it's about 
forcing yourself to do it. I look at comedy that way. Like before Showtime, I've learned to get to a point where I'm like, and I tell young comics this too. Like they're like, oh, you know, nerves and I've worried and fear and all that stuff. And I go, man, it's totally normal and natural. But I think, what if you flipped it and went, everyone has come here tonight to have a great time. People have got babysitters. They've got parking. No one's hoping you suck. No one's going, my man, This I hope this is horrible. Yes. Everyone is already on your side. They're already there because they want to laugh. And you provide the laughs. It's like you've rehearsed, you're prepared. Yeah. Go out there and deliver what you do and let the chips fall where they may. But coming from just flipping it to go, rather than worrying about what is going to go wrong, think about how much positivity is in this room right now. That Everyone's probably. in this room because they want to laugh. And yeah. you get to go out on stage and laugh yeah. and with them and create laughter. It's like flip it. And that's an energizing thing. And I started doing it years ago. And now it's like I don't – I wouldn't call them nerves as much as just excitement. Like I can't wait to get out there yeah. as opposed to what if this doesn't – oh, my God. Because yeah. you, you end up – you know, you create that reality for yourself. You know? Yeah. And if you're feeling vulnerable, as a normal person should, mm -hmm. when you go out in front of however many strangers and decide to see if the – if the stuff coming out of your face hole is going to make them laugh, even though you've never met them in your life. Right. You, oh God, that is, I'm sorry. I just was struck by how weird that is all over again. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's really insane. But the, back to the vulnerability again, I figure like if you are honest with them and they see that you've opened yourself up. Oh, I sound like I'm on The Bachelorette now. I hate that expression. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just like really opening myself up. Just opening myself up. Shut up. Really? Yeah. Okay. You know, you just kidding. That wasn't a loving thing. No. Nope. You know what? Good Wrong for you. glasses, Lori. Wrong Good glasses. For you. The shit glasses. They, so. they jump on your face. They're not even glasses so much as they're just little visors you can flick down. <laughs> You have, the, you, you have the good glasses, but just above them is the, the little visors, the little shit visors. You can just, little shit visor. And you can flick them back up real quick. Wait, is that merch? Is shit visor merch? You should have those. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be amazing. They just have raindrops on them. Like, so you're looking at the sun. You're like, isn't it beautiful? Blue sky. You flick these down. It's just rain. You flip them back up. It's rose colored. Of course. Storm clouds. Oh, like, man. Wow. This is going to make us so much money. And that's why we got into that's it, right? We started. I mean, when I yeah. first said, I go, you know, what is the highest paying starter job I can get? Me too. And they were like, opening comedian I yeah mean, you if you're looking for top dollar yeah and you're looking for a great lifestyle mm -hmm. opening as a comedian is where it's gonna absolutely be do and you I, like subway do you like lethbridge mm -hmm. at 12 30 mm -hmm. in the morning have you shared a travel lodge room with someone you that you've never I met have. before yeah mm -hmm. mm -hmm. looking to do that actually i don't think i have i've done that have you was it was it ever a girl was it what have, was it ever a girl no, I never had to share a room with a girl. I have had, I have heard a story of an agent asking a very good friend of ours, Amanda Brooke Perrin, mm -hmm. if uh, when she was new, go on the road, share a room with this guy. Wow. This guy that you haven't met, actually. He's yeah. coming in from out of town. What's wrong with that, Amanda? And she was afraid because we all were, well, if I say no, I'll, I'll never get crappy paying jobs again. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll never get to go back to Leverage. I'll never get that, all, that same horrible situation again <laughs> if I say no. <laughs> You're so scared. Oh, it's horrible. I remember once I was supposed to do seven minutes. I did nine. I thought I was fired from the industry that night. You're out. You're done. Like, yeah. yeah. Did you hear? She did nine. It goes in the database <laughs> and head officers about it. Comedy, comedy head office out of Ottawa. And they give you a certificate. Yeah. And, and that's, that's when my comedy career ended. Goes so. in your folder. Um, yeah. It's, it's so funny. I think uh, what I think back about, especially starting, and now when new comics come up and ask me questions about it, and I'm happy to answer them. 
but I think like and this has come up time and time again on podcast is like talent is not enough and like you're gonna need so much perseverance and if you really love it you're gonna push through it and do all the things that need to be done but it's gonna kick you in the teeth time and time again mm-hmm. and break your heart and you're gonna be let down and I think it gets back to what we talked about and I think it's an easier career to navigate once you go okay do I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and meant to do and if that's it then that's it yeah. like you just you divorce yourself of all the outcomes after that you work really hard and you try and you know you're going to fail a ton but at the end of the day you're like no I'm where I'm supposed to be you know yeah like I know for you because you, you you know you were doing stand-up and then you kind of got into some you got into radio you got into keynote speaking mm-hmm. what do you feel what do all three of those things bring you? Are there differences for them for you? Rage, like, you anger, rage, anger, hives, benefits. Mm. Um, mm. You know. Oh, benefits. Okay. Well, you know what? I was I was kind of hoping you would ask this. Well, that's what I do. Yeah, you're good at this podcast thing. So, <laughs> I look back to why I do comedy, and I had a situation happen at the church lady gig, which I've I've said before. So if you've heard it before. Listen again, because it's a great story. Yeah, you probably don't remember all the details. Jeez, her name was Pat, okay? Not Lisa. So I'm at the church lady gig and <laughs> and had a, had a great hour set. Crushed it. <laughs> Slept uh, overnight at yeah. Camp Caroline. Camp Caroline, Alberta. And the next morning, uh, I was just kind of hanging out with the conference ladies. And they had a sharing circle. Nice. Sharing circle. Sharing. I, I joined in the circle. And they all went around and just said what they got from the weekend. And the whole theme of the weekend was healing. So the the minister, Jennifer, who coincidentally married my husband and I in 1994, wow. and then she pops up again in 2006 when I start comedy. Like, what? I know. You, you got to wonder. There's something going on out there, universe. Well, you started two different lives. Like, that was the start of your married life. She was there. Mm-hmm. And then you just started this new chapter of mm-hmm. your life. She's also there. She's magical. Jennifer Ferguson. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So sharing circle, all these women had come to a healing retreat because they felt they had something that needed to heal. As I think really, if we were honest, we would all have something. Yes. And when we get to one lady, I haven't heard her talk. I haven't seen her talk. I haven't seen her hanging out in a little cluster with anybody. Real loner, real quiet, uh, eyes down to the floor. And she goes, "Um, my husband died two years ago. And... I haven't laughed since he died until last night when Lori did her comedy. And all the tears that were in my body, all the moisture in my body became tears, Mm. flew out of my face with no control. There was no stopping it. You ever have tears like that? It's like usually you get the early warning sign, you get the the feeling behind the eyes, you get the lump in the throat. No, this was just like... Rain coming out of my face. Yeah. No warning. There's no stopping. And then I sat, I went, I went outside, I sat on a park bench looking at a river and I just like looked at the sky, at the nature. And I was like, I get it. I get like, I got it yesterday, but that lady hadn't laughed for two years. Are you kidding me? That my heart, my heart. So I thought she was put there to remind me. When I'm worried that I didn't get a festival that I forgot to apply for, or didn't think t- that I had enough for, that's not why I ever did any of this. Those are beautiful little bits of icing. You know, you get a wonderful gig. They put you up at the Besboro Hotel. You got the executive floor. The next weekend, you're in shithole, BC. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
But if you remember that that's why you started, well, that reason translates perfectly into radio. I'm doing it because I want that person to feel some happiness in whatever form they need at that moment. And if it means you're on the Deerfoot and there's another accident on the Cafro Bridge and I say something ridiculous and you laugh and you're taken out of that for a second, well, babe, my soul is happy. Mm-hmm. The difference is I can't hear it in the studio. So got to have some faith. I do because people will text me and phone in. I love it. But that same belief goes for the keynote speaking. And the same belief goes for doing crafts on TV, hot glue stick. I want it. I want you to learn something, but I also want you to laugh and go. Oh, that was kind of funny. It kind of cheered me up a little bit. Yeah, Yay. yeah, yeah. Even just a little bit. That's enough to keep me pretty full. <clears throat> so you see a thread through all of them, where it's kind of um, like different mediums, obviously. But it's at the end of the day, it's like you're giving someone some joy in their life in some way, shape, or form, and some yeah. break from whatever it is they're going through. <clears throat> and I think it's funny because I've had those moments too, where someone's emailed me afterwards and said. Hey, we were going through this thing and we can't yes. do a show or whatever. And it always comes for me when I need it. Really? It always comes for me when I'm tied up in my own bullshit. Yeah. And I'm I'm annoyed that I this thing happened and the business side of it. And I this is interesting too, and I don't know how you feel about it, but when I first started, people would always say, comics who are older would go, This is gonna be the best time of your career. And I remember thinking like What's this guy talking about? I don't uh, even get paid for half the gigs. I'm getting fifty dollars for a nine-hour drive. Still this in the travel like, lodge. Yeah, I'm with like Lloyd. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm paying to playing to six people at a thing or whatever. But he goes, "You have your own little crew. You're doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it because you love it and you love making people laugh." And then the business side is going to creep in, and you're going to start not getting festivals or getting something you thought, and you start looking over the fence to see what other people have Ooh. and wondering why you don't have it, and you're putting on those glasses again, and you're looking at now. If you boil it back, why did you start this? You started it because you wanted to go up on stage and make people laugh, and it felt really good to make people laugh and feel good. So I had to kind of retrain my brain after about seven, eight years maybe to go, why did you start this? Yes. Because the other stuff, as you said, is going to come and go mm-hmm. and break your heart and whatever. But if you divorce yourself again from the outcome and go, why did you start this? Because at the end of the day, that's what it is, making people laugh. Yeah. And the industry may recognize you or not recognize you or you go through a dip or whatever it is. But I always got reminded of that when I needed it. And mm-hmm. it was always someone going, man, we went through a rough time and we went to your show. I'm like, oh. That's right, right. Thank I remember you. now. We should really have this written down and framed somewhere. We should. Because we're too dumb to remember it. We should. And I understand ambition. Yeah. I understand, hey, man, I'm working really hard and I want my career to advance and you want financial security. And all those things are normal things. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you look at the horrible, I think it's epidemic right now of suicide in the world, Ugh. you know that there's no there's no dollar limit that someone gets to and goes, well, that's it for problems and anxiety and stress. Sure. So, Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, you got everything in the world. You got the world in your, what? Yeah. What could possibly be wrong? Oh, my God. You don't know what could be wrong? Yeah. That's what I mean. Ugh. Like I said it the other day. I was talking to someone about it, and someone's like, well, look at that guy's life. He's making all this money. He's traveling the world. I go, yeah. And as a comic, I think we would know. I go, do you know how isolating that probably is? Oh. You're also a celebrity, so you're on a pedestal. Yeah. You probably have a hard time having any normal conversations with people because you're that guy who they all want a piece of and want time with. You're spending time alone in your hotel room, traveling the world. Yes, it's all edited for television to look glamorous, but there's waiting for planes and eating by yourself. Like, I get why there could be an... And I don't even know his story. I know nothing about him, but I go... 
you don't ever fully know someone's life or experience or but I know as a comic I can say you know there's a lot of loneliness there's a lot of downtime there's a lot of self-doubt there's probably a lot of pressure when your name's on a show and you're responsible for all these jobs oh yeah you, like Roseanne think it's, of that right it's like wow this show's got to maintain certain ratings and we have to there's a lot of pressure to that you know and you know you have a son that you're probably not spending as much like I can I could list off a bunch of reasons why someone could go into the doldrums of yeah. of where they where he went emotionally you know so I often think that you know there's not a dollar amount it's like you better love this because you love doing it yeah you know yeah otherwise it's never gonna feel the way I I just I just think that we can always reach further we can always learn more we can like you and I I think we're good at trying to live a life that feels right and we're we're going with our guts and we know we know what our souls need to feel like we're at our best but we haven't stopped we're still going to keep looking for those things because it also changes too right mm -hmm. you know um ah it's huge you just have no idea what people are going through no mm -hmm. idea no and you and as you said too, you know, we were joking earlier, but about you know, you find out someone got something, and you're like, "What?" The? <laughs> and you make it about you so quick. And we do that as comedians quite often, just with an audience. We're like, "Man, that was." And you realize someone drove three hours, got a babysitter, <laughs> they bought tickets, they sat there, yeah. they laughed their heads off. It's like, does it have to be about you and what you felt what? you needed? It's like, can it not be about them and what you know? So you need that kick to the pants sometimes yeah. of like, let's. And I think it's an old adage, but I mean, I think I heard this story that Bruce Springsteen says to the E Street Band every night before they go on, mm -hmm. they do a quick huddle, and he says to them, tonight is someone's first time seeing us, oh, and tonight dude. is also someone's last time seeing us, so we don't phone it in, we bring it, and I'm like, what a great way to A, relieve nerves, because it's now not about you anymore, it's about them, and what a great way to kind of motivate you as a band and go... Okay, I know you probably jet lagged and we're tired, and this is show number two hundred and six on our yeah. tour. But every night is precious, and what so can we, we have give? to bring it. What can we give to them? Yeah, and that's the loving way. Exactly. The other way is the fear way. What yeah. if I suck? What yeah, if the I meal was shit, thing? and the the van was whatever, and I didn't. How come? You can go into your own little rabbit hole really quick and feel sorry for yourself, mm. as opposed to you know, again, people bought tickets for this you know nine months ago, and they've got hotels and they've stay camped out all like whatever it is it's like let's give it to them let's i need let's to remember it, that you know? i was um the the comedy gigs i take now are few and far between just because it's a monday to friday job and i wake up in the middle of the night and i'm not a young tw person in my 20s 30s or 40s and so <clears throat> so i need i need sleep mm -hmm. not to mention that the schedule of comedian and morning radio host is completely yeah a 180 yeah it's when you're going to bed as a comedian. It's when you're getting up from your room. So I take the gigs that I know are going to have. It's got to have a big fun factor. I have to feel it. Yep. And I know. I'm good at it. I trust my gut. It can't be too many hours on the road. Yep. I, I don't really want to drive more than four hours each way. And I'll fly after that for sure. And I also, I, I am worth money. Yeah. And I will ask for that money. Yep. And that's cool. Yeah, because I've been working at it. Uh, what was my point again? Oh, you can tell I'm starting to get tired now. Well, you, I think we were talking about just making it 
every night's precious. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, all right. Thank you. You got Mm -hmm. me back on. So, um, so I'm friends with Eliza Schlesinger, as you know. We met each other like seven, eight years ago because she was dating Jamie McLennan of the Flames. So she's coming to Calgary, and I'm like. Hey, I saw you on that show. I would love to know what it was really like behind the scenes. Like, how did that last comic standing thing work? We got to chatting. All of a sudden, we've been friends all this time. So um, she asked me to open for her in Calgary in Edmonton this summer. And I haven't been on the comedy stage a lot. So I'm like, oh, no. What am I going to talk about? What am, you know, if they saw me three years ago open for her, I surely I can't do any of those jokes. And I'm like, do you really think anybody remembers your tits to the bricks from three years ago at the gray eagle right yeah 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 yeah. you think they've been they've just been pondering that they've got it all printed out like "Mm -mm, she did that one last year no can't do that i'm thinking of making a stand-up show with a potential title of what i can't say on the radio yeah and i don't mean profanity because i have a switch in my head that's really good it it works perfectly because i at the same time I started comedy, I was doing autism presentations in schools. Mm-hmm. Like the same day I'd do those two things. So if and my switch just... was off, <laughs> I always wanted to make a bit about it. Like, be, like, what if you mixed it up, right? And then you'd be at the school. You'd, no, you'd be at the comedy co- club going, okay, everybody, click on your listening ears, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> We're going to listen to a story now. But then on the on the other side, you'd be at the school going, all right, motherfuckers, yeah. listen up. It's Fort McMurray. Put down your Coke. You Wait. guys ready to have a good time tonight, huh? <laughs> what? What is she talking about? What are you celebrating? Woo! Okay. Miss Gibbs? I don't, just... I don't know. I'm wearing pull-ups now. Is that a so? <laughs> yes, we'll riff on that. So I have a good swear switch uh, that goes on, on and off really well. Um, but the radio thing, I want to talk about um, like people who who write in, who take the time. Or people who troll and what we talk about when we see that stuff. Yes. Because the first time I started getting trolled, my first radio job, I fell in by accident for for people who, what, haven't heard of me and don't There's know three this? three people who don't know it. My God, Google people. So I ended up on X92.9 and the first time I got some hate, well, first of all, it was the first day. The new chick sucks. Wow. X spelled S-U-X, by the way, not that I remember. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, somebody said, they, we did headshots together, no, group shots together, and they were like, what, a, what are they looking for, like a mom and her two boys kind of show? And I was like, yeah, I am their mom. That's why there's so many spankings in the studio. Hey, Bam! Snap in your faces. But, but the truth is, I would go home, and like, I'd be in tears, like, why are people so mean? Yeah. I'm the nicest lady. And I was so embarrassed. I can't, like, I'll tell you this. There's a guy on Reddit, which I like to refer to as the cesspool of the internet. Ah, uh, yeah. More cess than the, any other place. Right. So he was saying that the show has gone downhill ever since they hired that soccer mom, Lori Gibbs, blah, blah, blah. And I was so insecure that I would like wrote back to that person and said, I'd love to have you come out to a comedy show. And my co-host, Roger, at the time, he's like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm super nice. Everybody knows I'm super nice. Right. I got to prove it to this guy that I'm super nice. Never thinking for a second that it was his issues. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's about me. It's totally I, about me. I can me. fix this. He has a misconception of all my personal qualities, which he's obviously studied for I mean, a long time. Exactly. No, he's just a guy who has shit glasses on who goes, why did they change my favorite morning show and add this chick? 
nothing to do with me. So now I met my new boss. I think you, you met Gail. Yeah, yeah. You know Gail. The way she put it the first time I got some hate at 95.9, uh, she, <laughs> I wrote to her. Like, I, I, what happened is, okay, I used to take the C train to work, but it's so early in the morning that it doesn't go all the way south. So I would drive to the 39th Avenue station, park there, and then get on the train. It was fun. Nobody was ever on the train, maybe two other people that worked in the same building. One day, there's four guys on the platform. They've got bikes with them that don't fit any of them. They're like, I don't know, kids' bikes or something. They're kind of broken. And so I'm like, okay, as a woman alone at four in the morning, I'm aware of four men in a group, mm-hmm. and that's all I need to be right now. So I'm standing there, and there's not much time for the train. I time this. And they walk past me to go off the platform. Like, let's go over here. We don't want to smoke near the lady and bother her. So I said, oh, honestly, it's no trouble. I smoke too. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And he goes, yeah, but it's not cigarettes. And I'm like, you know what? Also fine. (laughs) Don't even worry about it, right? I use the oil myself. It's a green card. Mm -hmm. Good for you. And then he goes, well, and then he pulled out a crack pipe. And uh, I only know it was a crack pipe because they were like, this crack pipe is really old and it sucks. And I was like, I'm so naive, right? So I'm like, all right, they're smoking crack. Okay, good. Good information to have. Train comes, put the crack pipe away. We get on the train. Three of them come and sit right by me. One of them hangs back a few rows. And I'm going with, my whole head is going, love, not fear, love, not fear, love, not fear. And so we start talking. We start riffing. This one guy, his name's Remy. We're talking. He asks me what I do. Why am I on the train at this time of the morning? I tell him, I'm going to radio. No way. Oh, my God, we're going to listen. I ask his friends, what's your friend's name? Oh, that's Turtle. I'm like, oh, that's Turtle. Of course it is. Turtle, I feel, I said to him, I feel like if you guys were a band, you would be the bass player because you're like a man of few words. You're kind of hiding behind your hair. You're very cool. And Remy's like, no, he just had way too many hits at the last stop. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it was totally. He went for a metaphor. He's like, no, no, he's pretty big right now. No, he's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So we were like, and then the guy who hung back, he was like, you guys leave the lady alone. And I was like, oh, thank you. That is so nice of you. And and I, I understand why he said that, but like, it's so fine. It's so much more interesting today than all the other days. Mm -hmm. I would be playing bejeweled otherwise. This is a story. And you guys are fun. So I get to my stop. We wish each other well. We say one day we'll karaoke together. I get to work. I tell the story on the air. Now, 99% of people are going to get the point of that story. But not Sharon. (laughs) Sharon wrote in a long email through the website. And she believed in her heart that what I was doing was normalizing crack use. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay, okay, you know what? I'm not going to jump to defend. I'm going to think, okay, I guess, I guess you could hear it that way. You know, like, oh, she's on a platform and guys aren't, guys are using crack and she's not freaking out about it. So that makes it normal. I get where your brain went, Sharon. I get it. Uh, but she said, not cool, not cool. And she said, this is the funny part. I did tell this story on stage once because this cracked me up. I hope the reason that she mentioned their names on the air was so that the police could find them. <laughs> 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 and I was like, 
We got an APB out on Remy and Turtle. Yeah, Turtle, Remy. Uh, we got any visuals? We got a visual. Bikes, the small t- bikes. They got small, small bikes. Small bikes. They're on the 201 <laughs> line right now on the red line. Yeah, <laughs> subliminally trying to put, uh, yeah, just uh, so like I can, clues. I can open my heart to a bit of Sharon's thinking, but some of it I can't ever get there. Yeah. But I thought for a moment, and I thought, okay, I, I, I have to write back to her. The, the weird thing is nobody ever responds after you write back to them, and that's fine. But I just asked her to consider that I was a woman alone. It was four in the morning. And I did have to think of my safety. She also wanted me to intervene. She wanted me to talk to them about their drug use. Right. Um, number one, not qualified. Yeah. Watch the show a lot of times. Still don't think that makes me an interventionist. No, no. Also, safety again. Yeah. Who the fuck are you telling me what I can do with my body lady on the train? And there's four of us and one of you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I said to her, I said that what I was really trying to get across is that we're all we're all people. We're all here to connect with each other. And quite frankly, these are people that I believe very strongly are most often ignored, looked at with disdain and judgment and spat upon. Yeah. And I want to be the opposite of that. So put that in your crack pipe and smoke it, Sharon. Bam, Sharon. Mm-hmm. Hope you're listening. So, mm-hmm. but again, that's like a that's like the a seed of kindness on the cement. I feel like Sharon might be cement right now, but I think there's some soil in there somewhere. Oh, guaranteed. People can learn. People can change. And I think when you present it in a way where someone gets to consider, like when you were telling the story, and when towards the end, I thought for those four dudes, how did their day change after that interaction? Where they were like, "Wow, man, like." Uh, Maybe we're not the uh, pariahs of society. And, uh, you know, there are some nice people out there who don't think we're all, you know what I mean? Like, you that don't know would, how that trickled down for the rest of the day. And they might have been yeah. opening doors for people and just, you know what I mean? Don't like, know. You don't know. But it, it's like, yeah. you chose kindness in that moment. I mean, part of it was a safety issue. And I totally understand that. But just, it's like two bunch of human beings just connecting over yeah. being silly or riffing on something or yeah. whatever. It's like, that takes vulnerability. Like that's that's not easy to do. It's easy to just close up, pop your collar, put your earbuds in, and be like, oh, sure. stare out the window and like, yeah. you know, like I ain't engaging over there. And that's not my. Crew. Oh my gosh, no! I uh, just look away. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. Fear, 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 fear. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, and I, I will tell you this right now. I tell my closest friends, this is how I'm gonna die. Okay. I know that me helping a stranger somewhere, like if I was in Silence of the Lambs, you're damn right I'd help that guy with a chair into his van. Yeah. Of course I would. I'd probably reupholster it. Hey, let me get in first here. And then uh, he'd change his mind about skinning me alive. He'd be like, there is kindness in the world. You know what? Let's go reupholster a chair together. Boom. Now you got your own company. You know what I mean? Now you guys (laughs) are working in in cahoots. This is Buffalo Bill. He's my partner. And he's uh, he's, he's a little different. He does great voiceover uh, work, though. Yeah, a lot of great stuff in the voiceover. Loves lotion. Loves lotion. All That's our merch now. All the chairs are rubbed down with lotion. Uh, Bill's got a ton of lotion. I believe that. I, you know what? There's an insane part of my brain that believes that because I remember taking self-defense in my 20s when I was scared uh, living in our first house. It, it was, it's just a normal-sized house, but at that age, it felt big to me, and I was, afri- I was afraid. And they said, you know, your attacker, people will behave how you treat them. If you treat them like a wild, crazy animal, there's more chance they're going to behave that way. Mm. If you talk to them like a reasonable adult, who knows? Maybe you get something more reasonable back. Yep. But I do know this is how I will die. Yeah. Yep. Someone also knows that who's yep. a serial killer is like, like, I know what you're trying <laughs> to do, and I do have an ax in my jacket. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I'm like, I knew this was going to happen. Oh, I, I brought it up myself. You're right. Did you I listen to Trent's it. podcast? It's, uh, it's, it's recorded. It's recorded. So it's, and I'm okay dying that way because you know what? I still went the path of love. Yeah. And so like, I was going to say on your, on your tombstone, I was like, Lori Gibbs, she died doing the path of love. Not what she loved. She died doing the path of love. Why not? Oh, and my whole point was, which I never get to, the whole point was when I told my boss about this story, I was so nervous that she was going to say, oh, Lori, we're going to have to have a chat in my office about how, what you say on the air and how you respond to the listeners and the, the Rogers Code of Conduct training. And you know what she said? She goes, wow, isn't that cool that you evoked something in her and made her feel something so strongly that she took the time to do that? Mm-hmm. What? That's it? That's the end of your email to me? Mm -hmm. You just said that was... I'm staying here for Did, a while. Didn't know what to do with it. I, no. I, I. And another boss said to me, on a scale of 1 to 10, you want a 1 or a 10, you don't want to be anywhere in 4 to 7. They can love you at a 10. They can hate you at a 1. We don't want 4 to 7. Boring. They don't care. 4 to 7 is boring, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that story. Well, we got to let you go because I just realized you're, gonna, you're late for your appointment. Am I really? Yeah, I think you are. Jeez. I knew this was going to happen. You and I are stupid when we, we get should together. Have we should have allotted more time. We should have been like, hey, well, when can we just do like a two-hour thing? Because it's like, I looked, literally it was at 49 minutes, and I'm like, I felt like we just got going. I like, know. Are we at 49? Okay, like, you know what? From now on, I'm your co-host. Let's do it. Just hired myself. Lori and Trent Podcast. Mm, it's Lisa and Trevor. Well, thank you for coming over, Shut Lisa. up and stop being normal with me, okay. Trenton. This was weird for everybody in the uh, I knew the conversation would be awesome, and indeed it was. So thank you for coming over and spending some time. Yeah, Appreciate you're okay, too. It. Also, you should plug these dates. When are you opening for Eliza? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Don't even I think know. it's August seventeenth and eighteenth. Calgary then Edmonton. Calgary then Edmonton. Yeah, that'll be a killer show. Two great venues too. Oh, so. and and girls' nights. Oh God, awesome. I mean, it's for that's the people. That's the best part of comedy too. Like when you do get to perform and do road shows with friends, like that's the next level of like, oh, this is super awesome. I'm totally gonna talk a bit more right now, and I know we shouldn't, but I think it's so funny that people go. So what do you and Eliza do after the show? Like, do you just go out and like party all night? And like people must want to take you out to like the best places and velvet ropes and VIPs. And I'm like, uh, no, we pretty much find a 24 hour drive through and go to my house and uh, watch uh, Real Housewives, and then we go to bed. <laughs> So, I know it's so anticlimactic and boring. Well, that's what Steve Martin said right in his book about uh, Bourne standing up yeah, about yeah. his stand-up career. He goes, like, he'd be on stage in these football stadiums in front of, like, 30,000 people. He goes, I would get in a car after the show. The driver would drive me to a hotel. I would go into my hotel room and sit there and eat, like, chicken fingers or shrimp cocktail and fries. It's, like, by myself watching the news. It's, like, <laughs> this is not the life people think it is. Like, oh, yeah, let's go. Just making it rain at some strip club. It's like, no, there's not a lot of making it rain. No, at the, old strip the only club. thing I'm making love to is some snacks on my couch. That's what I do too. I check out where the vending machine is, and I'm yes. like, oh, that O Henry's coming home with me. I'll tell you that Woo! much. Who wants to party? I think we should leave it at O Henry. I love it. I love you. Take care. So good, wasn't it? Wasn't it so good? Didn't I tell you? And look at that. It actually was so good. Here's a question. What glasses are you wearing? Huh? Little callback to the conversation that you just listened to. What glasses are you wearing on a daily basis? Huh? Which pair you want to put on there? Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. 
Uh, thanks for listening to that. And uh, big thanks to my good friend Lori Gibbs for that conversation. Like I said, we always have fantastic ones. And I was glad I was able to capture one of them um, for the podcast because I think it makes for a great episode. And I hope you, uh, you get some good out of it. Also, please don't forget to give us a review on the old iTunes there. That would, I would really appreciate that. If you're digging this podcast and really enjoying it, give us a little shout out there and some love. And uh, it just kind of helps us uh, improve our profile there and kind of slide us up in the old iTunes sea of podcasts. And um, also, if you didn't su- subscribe to the podcast already, don't forget to do that as well. Subscribe, press the button, boom, it's that simple. It's all free, all free content. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And thanks for listening to this episode of The Generators.